Evening everybody, welcome to the 37th edition of the Line of Vienna Suite podcast, recording this time on a Monday evening, full of joy, full of piss and vinegar. Eddie Davies is wiping the debt, boys, straight in there with tonight's massive breaking news. What a treat that we postponed last night's recording until tonight we would have ignored and missed this life-changing, revolutionary bit of news. Now, we had whispers a few days ago, nothing was confirmed, but tonight it's come out. The club have announced that uh, via the medium of Trevor Birch, the administrative assistant, call him whatever you like, that Eddie Davies' is successor as owner, whoever that may be, will inherit a debt-free club. Um, it's such an important bit of news. It's uh, even going to take precedent over introducing who I've got on the pod tonight. Um, right, well, first of all, you heard that little giggle there, a little slightly deeper voice than last time he was on the pod. We've got Daniel Murphy. Dan, hello, are you all right? I'm very good, mostly because of the news you just mentioned. And secondly, as listeners would have just heard, I managed to find the podcast music, and I'm very happy about myself for doing that. It took a long time, but I did it. So apologies for the the fucking past two weeks, which had that disastrous thing that fucking Rob put together, and then your rap, if that's what we well, want to call it. I'm, I'm, I'll be honest with you. I listened back to the podcast last uh, this week with trepidation. I was, I was fearful. Um, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was, but then my memory of actually doing it was very, very sketchy whatsoever, having been to the uh, the pub for lunch, the pub for tea, and then continue boozing throughout the podcast. So you f- you find me in a much more professional mood tonight, slightly. That's, I suppose that's good, unless you want to like get any more singing off your chest at all. No, not really. I, I am I am um, 100% butt naked, though, so I suppose professionalism only goes, <laughs> only goes so far in my house. We're also joined by uh, Down the Manny Road, Tom. Tom, you grumpy sod, how are you doing? I'm, I'm slightly less grumpy than previous weeks, which is which is nice, isn't it? Excellent. How did, how did you describe your participation last night? Wasn't it something along the lines of, uh, I'm, I'm, I was angry, now I'm just depressed. But what, 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 how would you describe your mood now? Oh, no, it was the other way around. I was, I was depressed, then angry, and now I am uh, in this scary... Feeling where there's like the the corners of my mouth are pointing upwards. Feel a bit <laughs> feel a bit tingly on my extremities. Not not that one, Chris. <laughs> well, we are uh, in the I same think, room after I, all. I think it's optimism. I think I think that's what it is. Most oh, definitely, mate. Most definitely, it's uh, yeah, it, it's a belter, isn't it? We've also got Johnny with us tonight. Johnny, good evening. You're, you're uh, it's your second appearance, I think it is now, isn't it? So you you're, you're settling in nicely. Yeah, racking up those caps, racking up those caps. Uh, yeah, I'm doing all right, mate. I'm um, well. First of all, I'm not over your rapping from last week. No, neither should you be. It's, it's supposed yeah. to stay with you. Uh, I woke up cold sweats last night again for the seventh night in a row. Uh, <laughs> think, thinking about it, but yes, as uh, as Dan and yourself mentioned, I can't believe it. We've we've got money to spend, almost kind of. It is. It's phenomenal news, isn't it? And we'll we'll, we'll dive straight into talking about that. I think, um, right? The exact the, the, quote, and I'll read it word for word off the the Wanderers website from the very mouth of uh, of one Trevor Birch. And um, the question settled set by the club website was, "What would happen to the money owed to Eddie Davies and any money owed to the bank, i.e., the debt?" Our mate Trev said, "Eddie will be writing off his loans that currently sit in the accounts." He's effectively gifting the club approximately 185 million quid. There is no bank debt other than a small loan on the hotel. The club has been financed by Eddie's loan contribution. So, Tom, um, when you heard that news, I, I presume you thought it was complete, uh, complete horseshit, and someone was pulling your leg. 
Um, it's, well, yeah, you get so used to what's been... It's now been a frustrating wait for a takeover, and then you get this on a Monday night. But I remember we quite a few weeks ago we were talking about it, um, and, a few, and, a, and a couple of us said, I think it was it was Rob as well that said, you know, if anyone's going to buy it, we're going to have to have the debt wiped. Um, and <laughs> they've done it. I can't believe it. Well, how does it feel to uh, to be in more debt than Bolton Wanderers potentially, Tom? Get yourself there. <laughs> No, I'm just going to ring the bank up and just say, listen, you know that money I owe you? Yeah. We'd swipe it off for me. I'm just going to ring Eddie Davies up, mate. My credit card won't sign up before Christmas. <laughs> Moving house next week, I've no skin. But no, it's it's phenomenal. It's absolutely phenomenal. I mean, obviously he's going to make it, he's trying to make the club as an attractive a proposition as possible. Um, we're an expensive club to run, let's not forget. I think the present estimate's about a million pound a month the club was losing. Um, so things are going to have to change still. But given the assets we've got, um, Dan, come to you on this one. It's, it's an attractive proposition for any any sort of investor you'd have thought. Yeah, it's just it's just fucking good to not have to be depressed about being a Bolton fan for once in my fucking lifetime. It's just well, it's been it, the club's name might as well have been changed to, oh. to, to in in debt Bolton for the last yeah. six or seven years. You know, it's going to be uh, if it put, if it comes off and we're, and it, we're not quite there just yet, but we're. We're on the right path. It's maybe the start of an exciting time again. Like it's easy. I, I'm being very happy at the moment because it's. Like I said it's not. It's not often we can be that happy, but there has to be a certain bit of like you know caution because we're not out of the woods just yet. As you say, a million a day, a million a month. Sorry, we run out. A million a day. Bloody hell, guard side out, eh? Guard side out. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> so we're still not out of the woods, but we're finally now at least actually running in the. Uh, the correct direction you know it just yeah. feels like there's actually finally as Tom alluded to there's some optimism there's light at the end of the tunnel and even if it is a train at least we're fucking moving for once and not just stuck in a sinking pit oh man it's just good I'm just so happy I just like it, it had to happen it, like everyone said it had to happen for any takeover to feasibly happen but to actually see it in black and white to have it confirmed it's just a nice feeling to be honest with you to know that Fucking fingers crossed now. Every little part of my abdomen cross that hmm. takeover actually does come off, and then we're relatively debt free. And fucking hell, what a turn! I imagine going from 185 million in debt to five million in debt. It's like mm, it's not bad. Start, it, also, it? it does also mean that everyone's best mate, Phil Gartside, has been right the whole time. Yeah. When <laughs> when the debt's brought up, and he says it's a soft debt, we actually only have an overdraft or a loan on the stadium. And the yeah. whole time we've been going, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. I can't. It's, it's actually been, he's actually been right with it. Yeah, well, swig a tea to uh, for Phil Gartside. Let's hope he's recuperating somewhere safe in the knowledge that his, his actions were, were proven correct in the long run, so good on you. Um, Tom, whilst you're on, whilst you're feeling chatty, obviously the, the present board and Phil Gartside positions are, uh, well, in trouble, you'd expect as a result of a takeover. But as far as Eddie Davies is concerned, we've got to build a statue of the man to put next in that loft house, surely. Uh, it, it, it's been one of those situations, Freddie Davis, where I think a lot of people are going to have to say some some apologies to him, probably myself included. I don't ever remember being particularly anti-Davis and, and, and anti-Gart side, but I think everyone at some point who's a Bolton Wanderers fan has said you know, negative things. Why is he not getting the money out? Yeah, well, you know, why, why, why are we in debt? Why, you yeah, know? well, we, we've done the same this very week on the website, actually, haven't we? You know, it's... 
it's it's reporting what we find out about the club, but then with what in one one fell swoop the whole situation changes, and and it looks like it's going to change for the long run. Yeah, it's looking it's looking like um, it's not. I'm trying to think of the Shawshank Redemption. We're not out of the long tunnel of shit, but at the minute we're Andy Dufresne just waiting for the lightning strike mm. so we can hit the rock on the pipe, <laughs> and that's the takeover, and then we can crawl nicely out done, ton- nicely done, Tom. I can tell you, edu- you're an educated <laughs> man. What, what, an, what, what an analogy! I was thinking more like the, <laughs> I was thinking more the Fellowship of the Ring on the on the, the slopes of Mount Doom heading back down. But I think you, you've put it much better. Yeah, I've, to, I've topped you there, mate. Yeah, you are. I'd say one, uh, one one set of people who may be unhappy about this particular one. If I was Eddie Davis's family, I'd be pissed off, mate. That's my inheritance just gone right down the piss straight away. <laughs> Have you Absolutely. Seen, have you seen the comment on our Facebook post tonight for the no. for the news? Right. Let me find it. Hang on. Um, is that along the same lines? Line? Yeah, I bet his kids are stood in their garden smoking a fag, shaking their head whilst quietly muttering, "Dad, you absolute wanker." <laughs> <laughs> and that well, is from, that's from Dan Yarwood, and he's racked up fifteen likes. So good on you, Dan. Yeah, yeah. Well, if Dad, uh, Dan's mum lets him on the internet after nine o'clock, he's absolutely bad. I'm going to get another <laughs> like on the top man. It's all very, it's all very exciting, isn't it? I mean, we'll come on and talk about the the bidders and the other bits and pieces uh, shortly. But uh, just to just to go back again to to Trevor Birch's comments. Um, well, in fact, we'll finish off this little bit by talking about that. Now, the the, the previous rumours that, that were rife were all about Lennon's job being at threat uh, under threat as a result of this takeover. Now, it appears from uh, Birch's comments tonight that none of the interested parties have, in, have expressed an interest in changing the manager. Um, is that a good thing or a bad thing, Johnny? Do you want to take that first? Uh, I think that's a good thing. I think we discussed it last week, didn't we, about the, yeah. the players that Neil Lennon signed? Well, in his, I think in I say his... yes. I mean, I mean, I mean, I think we did. To be honest, I think <laughs> yeah, I think you you brought up uh, Victor and someone else. I can't remember. Um, signed up, signed some quality players though in his time at Celtic when he's had a bit of cash. Sure. So hopefully, oh, yeah. hopefully, with a little bit of money. It can do something, but you know what wouldn't surprise me if somehow we managed to turn that five million pound bet for the old title in whatever it is, snow, snowball that into a massive horrible loan, and then in in five five years time we're back in the same situation. <laughs> oh, save that for next week's pod. Yeah, positive well, uh, vibes only this week. <laughs> this is this is this is the happy Eddie Davies pod. This one. Should we actually talk about Butch himself? Are we like it's like because. As many have pointed out with today's comments, he's talked more to the fans in a week than Gartside has in the past ten years, pretty much. So, are we happy with that? I know I don't know if we talked about, but if you talked about Butch that much last week, but he's not got the best reputation of dealing with clubs amongst fans. Like when once it was announced that he was brought in to Bolton, Leeds and uh, Portsmouth fans were, you know, seeing it, saying RIP and the like. So. What do we think of what he's done thus far from my like, limited viewpoint? To be honest, I think it's, it's interesting the fact that he's come out and spoken. I think he's dead right. But then I think the fact that, that, the guy, that Phil Gartside didn't is maybe indicative of the fact that there was nothing to say. You know, I mean, he can only come out, put his head above the parapet and get absolutely rinsed by Bolton fans. You've got no one else to shout at. And so they shout at whoever, whoever shows the face first. So I can understand why, um, why Gartside wouldn't come out and speak. You might as well, you know, if you've got nothing good to say, then why say anything at all? Uh, what about you, Johnny? What do you think? Um, I kind of agree. I do agree with you in some respect. There, I think. I mean, Garza's done a he's done a, a good job. He must have. I mean, to keep his job um, all this time, he must have been doing something right, at least. 
um, and it's not like you say it's not an easy job to have. So I don't know. And then, but for for Big Trev, I think he's in he's in a situation where he he has to talk to the fans because the I mean if they if they don't, then how do you how do you get the news out about that? He's he come in and he's probably learning from Gatside's mistakes, and you never know there might be other people behind the scenes who've said been saying how long we need to um, we need to speak to the fans a little bit more. So you never know. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting, Dan. What do you stand on that? Yeah, it's just it's like I said, it's just interesting how the different approach has been so so immediate. I think it's more of a case of like of um Gatside having to take the fall, um oh, what's he bloody called now? I'm trying to I'm trying to make a pop culture reference now and I have got it. He's trying <laughs> to make the the Mance Raider like sacrifice, so um the, the what sacrifice? Man, Game of Thrones. Mance Raider, he can't side with the enemy, but the next person in charge can. If you I've got no idea what you're talking about. Is this some, is this some, I do, Is this some, some youth yeah, thing? Is this some youth thing that I don't understand? It's Game of Thrones. I thought you liked it now. What did you say again? Speak clearly, man. I can't tell what you said since you moved to Sheffield. Mance Raider sacrifice. He couldn't change his ways, but he could let himself fall so the next person up <laughs> could change the ways. You have to watch... Yeah. Be, it's, you, it's you'll get it, better. Tom. Do you it, get me? Do you get me? Do you feel me? Uh, I think I think we peaked at Andy Dufresne, Don. Oh. Yeah, I'm up, I'm up to date <laughs> on, on Game. I'm, up, I'm up to date on Game of Thrones, but you've lost me with that one completely, man. Bloody hell! Oh, yeah, we definitely did peak at Andy Dufresne. I've never seen Shawshank, so I can't make those differences. Well, get him off. Get him off. Just stick, uh, just stick ITV4 on any point in the next twelve years because it's on every fucking day. <laughs> It's on Netflix. I should have watched it by now. Just not. Just not. I tell you what. I, I don't mind saying this right now. Uh, Shawshank Redemption. It's good. Oh, oh no. It's 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 well and truly overrated for miles, mate. Right. That's the end of the podcast. <laughs> See you later. Oh no. We'll chuck that that hand grenade in there and we'll walk away. Seriously. Speaking of hand grenades, there was one dropped um, like last week when fucking Stelios. Oh, good segue. Good save. I was wondering where the hell you were going with that in the light of recent atrocities, my friend. (laughs) Fucking hell. (laughs) Jesus Christ. And this comes from a person that works for a company who, my department is called fucking IS. So there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking hell. Stelios. Dan, Dan, talk us through Stelios and his interests. Fuck knows. What the hell has happened? That came out of nowhere, didn't it? Well, apparently not. Apparently he's been here since January wanting to buy us, but Mm. Stelios wants to buy the club with backing from Canada, Central America, Europe, Greece, you'd imagine. So it's quite kind of a weird one. Do we go English? And God knows how much holds we've actually got in his apparently self-funded bid. Or do we go foreign with Stelios? Or do we just do fucking both? That'd be fun, wouldn't it? Johnny, talk uh, takeovers. I mean, uh, I don't see the arm in speaking in hearing what Stelios has got to say, but it appears Eddie Davies is uh, he only wants to sell to a Brit, which is his prerogative, I guess. But do you think he's doing himself a, a disservice by having such maybe a closed uh, closed perspective on things? Yeah, I do. I think he's been a bit of a tit. Um, <laughs> We've gone from, gone from praising the podcast. I know, no, I know he's written off the debt and stuff, but he could have done. Yeah, that, that's the thing. You see, 180 odd million, but he could have done more. He could have done, done it five done years ago. No, I mean it's all it's all well and good in it, but we look at some of the biggest clubs in the world, and they're all they're all owned by foreign people. Foreign is in foreign to that country, like PSG yeah. are owned by foreigners, they're not French. 
uh, Man City, United are owned by Americans, Man City are owned by um, the Arab guys. Like, there's, there's loads of foreign owners, and I don't know why you want to keep it British. No one in this country's got enough money to buy a football club. And if you do, well, it's, it's like, I mean, there's, there's a very select few people who know what they're doing to buy a football club. Otherwise, we're going to end up with fucking Piers Morgan at the helm. <laughs> um, we, I think, why well, wouldn't entertain Stelios? I don't know. He's a, he's a recent player that a lot more of the current Bolton fan base will remember. Yeah, in my, in, my, in my opinion so I think that would be a better move for the club but the only thing I'm suspicious of is who's got money in Greece no one <laughs> well I think that's the, that's the important thing isn't it? the money's coming from abroad because obviously with, with the Greek finance and financial situation being what it is I'd be very loath to accept uh, to accept as even Andreas in our chippy down the road put his prices up as a direct result these things are <laughs> uh, these, th- these things are, uh, are legitimately concerning I think um, Tom where do you stand on all this? Where's where's this um, idea of Eddie Davis only wanting to sell to an English backer? Where's it come from? Mark Isles, Mark Isles right. tweeted My... something similar, so I can I can assume it's at least based on on, on his on his understanding of things. My my theory on it is Stelios said he, he made a bid in January when the club was only really flirting with the idea of selling. The only reason why it's been accelerated recently is because of Phil Gartside's health. Which is why um, Sports Shield have probably taken the lead yeah. on it, and the reason why Stelios hasn't heard back is because at the time the club weren't necessarily entertaining offers. Yeah, not the primary oh, focus was it at so, that time? So I, I think it's more to do with the situation, and you know, the, the Davis decided that now's the time. Now Gartside is is unwell, and Sports Shield is the is the most recent bid. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, it's it's coming to coming to an interesting time now, isn't it? As we approach the January transfer window, that we're going to have to get somebody in and get somebody in relatively quickly because the position we find ourselves in, and we'll talk more about uh, about the team in a couple of minutes' time. We need to crack on, um, Dan. I know we said already about Stellas taking the thing. What about a combined bid between the two? Do you think yeah. that might have been something worth exploring? I think it, if right, you you presume with both Holdsworth and Stellas, both of them love the club. That's you'd assume that's the premise of why they're spearheading the thing so in theory I don't see any reason why if Holdsworth's bid is accepted because he's the English bidder or the British buyer buying the club why he then can't go to Stelios and go here do you want 30% 40% stake in the club for your investment they do it on Dragon's Den don't they they do it on Dragon's Den all the time well I've seen no reason again in theory why Especially if Holdsworth's bid is self-funded or Sports Shield is self-funded, so they're not upholding to any other backers from for other investments, at least at this stage, that Stelios can't come in with his own money injected in the club. Like I said, if they love the club, which you presume they do, you'd have thought, and I know it's a lot of money to be brandishing about for love and whatnot, but you'd have thought that maybe... Full on, you know, it's the point. The, the point of this takeover is to save Bolton, and you thought they'd do that in any way they can if they're serious about it. Or it might just be that they want to own football clubs. I, I can't say I know the motivations really, but I'm intrigued. I want to ask as well. What do we think of Sports Shield's apparently official Twitter? Apparently, it's a real deal, but it seems really unprofessional to me personally. Like they announced that something was going to be announced just before the Stelios news broke, like last mm, Thursday, maybe I think it was. So it's. Really weird, isn't it? Maybe they're taking a piss out of Stelios. Like, look, look at we we got here first. You were uh, you were too late, pal. Hard lines. I don't know. It's funny, isn't it? I mean, I've I've never known 
a takeover at Bolton, so I've got nothing to compare it to really. I don't know what I don't know what they've done and what the uh, what the you know the, the the right or the wrong ways of going about things are. To be honest, so it's all it's all brand new to me. This, um, I think you're right in that it appears to be a little bit weird, shall I say, in the way that they've gone about things. But if they come in and they run the club properly, then you know, really, it does, does it does it really matter whether they do things that we don't we don't they necessarily agree. When they actually run the club and actually interact with fans properly, then it might even lead to a better, even better tomorrow. If they're like on the same level as fans, if you get them retweeting and stuff like that, being friendly and talking. Yeah, and not. good film. Better tomorrow as well. Um, Johnny, whilst we still got you on, I don't want to keep you awake. I've know you got work tomorrow. Um, <laughs> the, the, the funds are crucial, aren't they? Because we've had what we've had um, a bid for the the, the chat from Wolves fall through in this past week. Um, which we, we thought was the tip of the iceberg in terms of sending the club down down the precipice. Um, to continue a mountain climbing analogy, um, money's going to get us better ropes, it's going to get us better crampons, it's going to send us up Everest and we're not going to have to start eating one another on the way, are we, to survive? That was beautiful. It was good, wasn't it? I, was, I, yeah, I, I, I didn't really know where I was going to go with that. But it, it no, neither did, all right. neither did I. Neither did I. It was a, it was it a turned out all right. Happy um, days. Yeah, Money, it's just, it, it makes the world go around and it certainly makes football go around, doesn't it? So I think you look at the likes of, again, I think we discussed this last week, you look at the likes of your, your Middlesbrough, your Derbys, they're, they're not, I mean, Derby in particular seem to bottle it every season, but at least they're up there, at least they're competing, yeah. they've got a, a good squad full of exciting players and I think... Foreign honestly, ownership as well, foreign yeah, ownership. That's not foreign good. ownership and like Bournemouth, I think I said it last week, they've had a bit of foreign investment as well and look at where they are now so I'm not saying we're going to go back up straight away and if any if any Bolton fan thinks we're going to go up this season or even next season I think that's it's very naive it, it takes takes a lot of time to rebuild the club especially when new owners come in um, definitely but like let's look at Leicester they got they got a bit of investment spent a couple of seasons in the championship and, and then won the uh, won the league at the at the Reebok as it was then so and now you got you got Jamie Vardy scoring those kind of goals. So maybe maybe we it's not we, impossible, is it? No, we pick up a player like that, a player or decent player or two, and they get nurtured by Lennon, who is let's not forget a very good manager. Um, <laughs> and then Come on to that. Know, so, keep your powder dry. Keep your powder dry. There you go. No, I think you're right. I think it's. I think he does. He does. Um, it would be very harsh, in my opinion, uh, Tom, listening to this. Very harsh to uh, to knock him, knock his time at the club on the head without giving him that opportunity. But Tom, why would you? Uh, what, what could you uh, care to give us a bit of a reason as to why we're all completely wrong and Lennon needs to go right now? Because he's crap at his job. <laughs> Yeah, I thought, you might go, I thought you might go on a bit longer than that. I no, mean, sorry, I, I ran out. I ran out of all my creative juices in today's uh, in today's article. He's just whether he's a good manager or not, it hasn't worked. It's not going to work. There's only one way the team's going at the minute, and we need to roll the dice. I, roll the dice. That I rhymes. Agree with that, with Tom. Yeah, that rhymes with a very uh, a certain manager's name that comes. Speaking to of, oh. I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, he has become the fifth. Premier League manager to win 150 games tonight. Sunderland won. Oh, yeah. get on. Jermaine Defoe. No, they yeah. didn't. Yeah, they Jermaine did. Defoe. Jermaine Defoe. Oh, 1-0. 1-0. Mm, I bet on Palace. I bet on Palace and all. And oh. he's in pretty good company as well. Ferguson, Wenger, Redknapp, Moyes and Allardyce. Come back, wow. Big Sam. 
director yes. of football. Director of football under this new ownership. That's what I want to see. It, interesting, interesting. On the subject of Big Sam, and I'm going to segue because I'm in the segue mood tonight. Me, uh, we were promised some copies of Allardyce's autobiography to give out, by the way, <laughs> uh, on the website, and uh, and we will be doing in the next couple of weeks. But my fucking next door neighbours, right? This is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my entire life. My next door neighbours took the parcel a month ago. It's got the fucking delivery note inside the envelope a month ago. Held on to it. Never told me. Didn't even knock on. Didn't even leave it <laughs> off the doorstep. Didn't even say hello to us and say, oh, I've got a parcel for you in there. What if it was something really important, like life, life-saving medicine or something like that? You know? Well, what, what, what have you done, Chris, it, to create this situation? I have not done any... I'll tell you what it is, right? We, we both put our houses up for sale at the same time and mine sold, <laughs> mine sold first. And I think oh, you fucking, bastard. I think they've had fucking natural yoghurt in their fucking their foreskin ever since about the whole thing I've been <laughs> I apologise for swearing but you know Jesus Christ what petty little bastard I've been badgering some poor woman who works at the publishers for that book for a month trying to get copies I'm sure she sent another box of copies out fuck knows where that is they've probably well, fucking sold that if she does I'm going to give that out as a Christmas present to my family <laughs> fair enough anyway that, that is a little segue on, on Big Sam Chris who orders life changing medicine off Amazon <laughs> <laughs> me, me, clearly. <laughs> since I bought the Allard- since I bought the Allardyce book, my life's changed for the better. Forty-eight bottles of Calpol. Correct. Yeah, yeah. I need to do some Calpol. Actually, that one's a bit under the weather. But again, we digress. Um, we're making another signing, lads. This is the big one. This is the big one we've all been waiting for. Uh, Torquay's nineteen-year-old third-choice goalkeeper Dan Lavercombe has been on trial. He's coming to Wonders. Um, Johnny, I, 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 we'll, we'll just sit back away, give us chapter and verse about. Dan Lavercombe and his abilities. Uh, we're signing more players. We're starting to bring people in. It's not the uh, the most attractive signing in the world, but it's somebody else to go into the development squad and hopefully push on. If we were to sign, uh, were to have to be taken over, we've obviously got the, the immediate need of trying to improve the first team squad. But are you all formally being put towards the future at the same time, or do you think we need to concentrate on the here and now? Um, I think the, the funds should be evenly distributed, really. So, like, let's look at the players that have come through in the past few years: Zach Clough, Josh Vella, Max Clayton, arguably. So, you have got those three who are the uh, the shining stars of the Bolton Wanderers Academy. And let's not forget, we were a, a Category One Academy or whatever it's called sure, uh, yeah. until we decided to to cut back. And the facilities, I don't know if you've ever been, are, are absolutely brilliant. Um, and it's it's great for like young young players to be able to play there and, and train there every day or whatever. So I think I think yeah, it's good. I mean, I'm I'm not sure how how much we need a goalkeeper. Um, having seen quite a lot of young goalkeepers move on, leave the club, and none of them really break through into the first team, other than Adam Bogdan that I can think of. Um, but I think going forward, it's definitely a method that that will work. And there's a lot of. Uh, a lot of scope for improvement with the youth players coming through. Definitely. Tom, um, this youth team coaching business with the with the Category 1, now they, they claimed it was part of, partly to do with funding and partly to do with the time they could devote to each player. Would that be something you'd be looking at reinstating um, our, our academy status to try and give us a bit more prestige in the world? Or do you think, our, again, our priorities lie elsewhere? Um... I mean, I'm starting to try and draw comparisons or parallels with Southampton when they ended up in League One because they, you know, went from Premier League and then a few seasons in the Championship and then down to League One. And then the players that that got them there were the young players and then 
players that maybe hadn't been given a chance at the top level as well. Yeah. So your, your Ricky Lamberts of the world. Um, and I mean, this is probably the, the the most likely bunch of younger players to break through because it sounds like we've got a few decent players in the development squad, but then also, you know, the situation that, that we're in uh, means that they're probably going to get a chance. Well, it's more likely they're going to get a chance. So, worse, even if it's most cynical, it puts puts them in the shop window if they're playing and it helps to raise funds. Well, did you see Zach Clough's comments this week when interviewed after the Northwest Football Awards? He was basically, he's come out and said that uh, he signed a contract with Bolton and he would never, his words were, he would never reject a contract offered to him by Bolton Wanderers. So I'm thinking, why are we offering that? that? Offer him that fifteen-year contract straight away and just see how how loyal the boy is. But oh, I, I, God, think, yeah. I, I think it's nice that nice that he's saying things like this. Obviously, it's totally unrealistic in the modern world. And the first uh, the first girl that flutters their eyelashes at him will probably get him if the offer was a reasonable amount of coin. But one one extra benefit of this takeover will maybe be the increased ability to fight um, attract uh, eyes that are looking at Clough and looking at Vella. Well, maybe not Vella, but looking at Clough and um, thinking about taking him away. Uh, Dan, that's for you. Uh, do you think that, that's, a, that's an added benefit that maybe we haven't considered as yet? Yeah. I mean, we're all talking as if it's gone through. Let's pretend it has. Yeah, well, I think literally any any money will just any new owners would help every area of the club, and it just secures us in every possible aspect. We get, you know, we can provide. We don't. We won't lose out on younger players to other teams like Portsmouth famously did. The likes of Lalana and all those who came through, and Matt Ritchie, those who came through in Bournemouth and uh, Southampton Academies, a lot of them were famously let go at, at Portsmouth when they decided. Yeah. I think that, that proper bongo was in charge of Portsmouth when they got <laughs> Peter Story, maybe the one? Probably Bad. Probably Bad. Trevor Birch. No, definitely not him. I think it might have been Peter Story's one, I'm thinking. I might have to beep all that out since I'm doing false accusations of calling people bad words. But um, It's not false, mate. You did it. We all heard it. When they went into their disaster period, they got rid of their academy and all their young players who were talented went to different clubs in the same yeah. area and they've also benefited. Right. So having the academy and keeping it going and make sure we don't lose our players to you know it's hard enough in our area as it is to keep all the young players so make sure we don't lose them to the likes of fucking Wigan and Bury it's paramount in my opinion so yeah I'm happy in every aspect of money to be honest with you well on the subject of players moving to Wigan there was, uh, there was yeah. some talk uh, talk earlier on this week that a friend of the site Neil Dans might be making his way um, uh, by the way just before we go any further are any of you lot cooking or doing some sort of like DIY or something at this minute in time I'm getting loads of feedback in my ears no, it stopped now. As soon as you, <laughs> I think it's uh, it's bought it's burning aces. Here we get on us trying to find some secrets. I think to improve the website. Mm, um, what was I talking about then? I've forgotten. DIY dance, dance. Yeah, dance yeah, and DIY. Um, Neil Dan's potentially moving to Wigan on loan. It's a it's a path that's been uh, it's been commonly tread. Dan, um, would you be sad to see your your friend and musical idol Neil Dan's move up to Wigan should the uh, should the opportunity arise or do you think he's one that we could ship on he's 33 you know it's his birthday yesterday I think or today happy birthday if it's today um, he's not and he's not getting any younger um, he's out a contract in the summer anyway I, I think mm. so I think it's not really worth us getting rid of another player at this moment in time no matter what wages it may save especially one who is a bit more senior like Dan's who when Dan's didn't play in our last home game against Bristol, we were quite lacking in midfield, I thought. Not exactly lacking quality, but just lacking energy and 
a bit of grit. And I know he didn't play particularly well against Reading, which we'll come on to, but I'd be hesitant to get rid of Dan's just yet, personally, at least till the summer. Okay, Johnny, where do you stand on that debate? Um, I don't think we should renew his contract in summer. I think if this this takeover goes through, we'll get somebody else in. Uh, hopefully, he's a little bit younger, a little bit brighter, a little bit better than Dan's. I mean, I'm not at times. I'm not his biggest fan. I think he gives the ball away way too much for someone who's supposed to be a, a dynamic midfielder. Yeah. However, he, I agree with Dan. He, um, he, we, we did sort of lack that kind of creative, not creativity, just a bit of energy in, in the midfield. I mean, yeah. Jay, Jay Spearing is a bit of a. He's a bit of a fat little spud sometimes, so uh, <laughs> not, he's not the most mobile player in the world. Yeah, there can be no doubt about that. Um, Tom, any, any uh, dissenting voices there in terms of the future of Neil Dan's at Bolton, or do you think his race has been run? Uh, I don't... Uh, since Barnsley away, I'm trying to think of, of anything of note that he's really done. He had a half-decent game against Brighton at home. But, no, I don't... I don't really see any reason for him to be staying around, to be honest. No, I'm not sure that's a that's a, a sentiment that, that many people disagree with. Right, okay. Um, so let me think where we're where we're up to now. Is there anything that we've we've not talked about in terms of tonight's news and the takeover, lads? Any any suggestions? I mean, we've gone through the agenda, so I'm comfortable about that. I really want to hold off talking about actual football matches for as long as I possibly can. There's just the King Khan involvement, which I don't think was in, talked about last week. Maybe. No, that's no. right. Yeah, that's right. Shot. Dan, do you want to give us a bit of a, a bit of background on that? Well, everyone thinks that he's going to actually buy us, which led to a lot of people laughing at us in the media. But now nah, he's just saying he backs the bid and would have a fight at the Macron, which fuck knows how much actual attention that would actually bring at the state in his career at the minute. But it's hey. something that I'm surprised we've not explored in the past. You know, Definitely, something yeah. like that because they've had Coldplay, they've had uh, Oasis, and a couple yeah. of other people play at the at the Reebok before now. Um, Johnny, you're a commercial-minded fella. I mean, doing something like that's going to bring eyes on the, on the club. It's going to bring us attention in the media, etc. as well. Um, are you surprised the club haven't gone down that route in the past too? I am. Um, Amir Khan's next fight is supposed to be against Floyd Mayweather. Now, I cannot imagine the sort of bright lights of Las Vegas and America where Mayweather's from coming to oh, little, old, little old Horwich. Yeah. Can you imagine the scenes at Greenhouses? <laughs> The queue would be massive. The queue oh, would be massive. Oh, God. They, they don't know, wonder what it is. And Charlie Road would be a nightmare. Can I digress in one minute onto a subject of green arches? No, we, we don't like digression on this podcast, Dan. We don't right. like digression. Green arches. Everyone <laughs> says it. Stick to the topic, yeah? Everyone pronounces it green arches, right? Yeah. Green arches. Tom, green arches? Yeah, green arches. Green arches, right. It's spelt green arches, isn't it? No. Yeah, no, well, it is. Arch. I always thought it's green arches, and everyone from where we live is green arches. But you go outside of the northwest, and everyone calls it green arches. Like, even outside it? Lancashire area. What does that teach you? What does that teach you? First thing. Never first leave Bolton. Never leave the northwest, my yeah, friend. Don't, oh, don't even get me started on the pancake Well, well, go on then. Where do you start? Well, well, tell you what, you're in, well, you're in Sheffield, aren't you now at this yeah. minute in time? So what is it there? Is it a muffin? Bread roll. Bread roll. It's really offensive, but it's annoying at the same time. No, it's not a bread. A bread roll is one of them things you get with soup. Yeah, the little yeah, ones. Absolutely correct. Yeah. We actually had a mate who came in. He's from Leicester. And he said that he called it a cob, and from no one he's been called cob ever since. That's <laughs> you, you were talking in past tense then. I thought you were going to say you killed him. <laughs> well, <laughs> once he got up, everyone surrounding him, it may have been murderous glances. Well. <laughs> Interesting stuff. I mean, well, well, I was born in Bury, so I mean, you could call it anything in Bury, and they wouldn't, they wouldn't know anything about it. I mean, you've had bread roll, balm, 
muffin, flower cake, all kinds of things going on there. Weird, it's bomb cake. That's I've had to have pictures of it on my phone just to fucking clarify with people <laughs> which is which. It's been quite, be honest, quite a struggle. When I was at university, I didn't have pictures of bread rolls on my phone. Um, I didn't have a phone in fucking 1995. <laughs> 2001, actually. I think you finally <laughs> did. It was one of them ones off the Matrix that slid open. I was fucking cool, mate. Cool then. <laughs> right, but that's great. Well, I'm here, Can. Uh, get yourself down to the Reebok, mate. Get yourself knocked out on our pitch. Um, just don't make a mess, because obviously we've got a game next week. Don't fuck it up. Right, 38 minutes of waffling about this takeover. It's been happy. It's been finally had a bit of a smile on our faces, and I think it's shown in the uh, in the elegant banter between the, the host and. Shame we have to talk about the actual football next. Let's have a little fat little two second break. Well, then we'll all talk about Bolton Wanderers actually playing football. Stay where you are. We'll be right back. All right. Welcome back to Love Pod 37, where we're talking uh, happily about debt, about the lack of debt, and the fact that we're just a matter of years away from winning the Champions League. Uh, unfortunately, there is always a downside to debt. Uh, you've got to pay it back, you've not got as much money in your pocket, or in our case, you eventually have to move on to the elephant in the room at Bolton Wanderers on field. Right, Reading away. Um Johnny, come to you first. Did you expect anything from the game? Because we certainly came away with absolutely nothing. No, I did not. I did not expect a single thing. And to come out of uh, that game and look on paper and say we lost 2-1, I'm actually quite happy. Mm-hmm. I-, I thought we'd have shipped Could have been worse, few. couldn't it? Yeah, I thought we'd have shipped a fair few more goals than that. But then you look at the goals we conceded and I was absolutely speechless when I saw him. Particularly, particularly that first one. Um, yeah, he's really dropped off, Prince, hasn't he? His form, uh, his form's disappearing over a hill pretty rapidly. Um, how would you go forward with him? Obviously, we were all enamoured at the start. You know, we seemed like he was uh, he was the best thing since sliced bread with his supposedly relatively low release clause in his contract too. Do you think there's a case to, for signing him, or do you think we're going to be looking at an upgrade sooner rather than later? I still think we should we should sign him. If anything, he's better than say we sign somebody else and uh, this new person plays with. Someone like Weeter, if we keep hold of him, I'd rather have Prince to come in than someone like Dorian Devitt. Um all day long. Oh yeah, I think we should we should keep. And don't, let's not forget, he's only twenty-one. Mm. Yeah, so true, true. he's he's got he's got life in him yet for sure. I think it's important to consider with Prince that hey, we all knew he had that in his game. We all fucking knew it from the first time he played that he had that type of momentous momentous fuck up in his locker. But and I think during the week, you know, he was in Paris when. It happened. He, he's, I'm sure he was in Paris, like either last night or the night before, to as his girlfriend gave birth. So I think it's been a pretty hectic week, and maybe maybe playing him was a bit of a stretch. In fairness, so I yeah. tended to be a little little uh, a bit um, lenient. Yeah, that's the word. Yeah, a little mm. lenient on him since you know since it's been through quite a bit in the past week or so. Well, all I can say to that is I've had uh, I've had a newborn come along and I still went to work a couple of weeks later. Let's not. Uh, but I'm no hero. I'm no hero. Just a regular ordinary guy. <laughs> no, no, Prince. No, that's true. Tom, um, Prince, where, where do you stand on Prince? I don't want to focus on him solely, but it was his massive fuck up that cost us the first goal. So, do you think his his future lies at Wanderers, or do you think if we if we do come into money, we could look at better options than him? Yeah, we're going to be looking at ten million pound rated down oh, yeah. Dan Burn next summer, aren't we? We're going to be 
we're going to be taking the cream of the crop from the championship, and he'll mm-hmm. be he'll be rotting away in the development squad. There's a good player in Fulham called uh, I don't know if you've heard of him. He's called Tim Ream. I've heard he's like really quite quite decent. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of him, mate. Don't sound like he'll amount to much anyway. <laughs> you just can't let go, can you, Danny? Oh, you can't so let much. go. I miss him so much. Yeah, I don't I even think he's playing that much, is he? No, he's, he's starting. He's starting. He's just. Oh, is it? He's just always the one who costs some goals. It's quite funny. Oh, what was, was Chungi anywhere near uh, anywhere near the Palace team tonight? I presume he wasn't. Um, free Chungi. I did see a couple of tweets about it. Um, I'm assuming not. He's getting like three or four minutes here and there, isn't he? Well, then I think we all know who the first signing of the new Bolton Wonders Revolution has to be. Then surely. Yes, imagine, imagine, imagine that we sign him and we he can't have number twenty-seven because of Philip Twardzik. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the jokes! And oh, let's all let's all take a moment to to just re- revisit the fact that his girlfriend's surname is Pumper Lover. Let's just go back to that. <laughs> Um, just, to, just to bring us all back down to earth, lads. Lee Chung Yong was nowhere to be seen on the Crystal Palace lineup tonight. It's oh, a disgrace, isn't it? it's a disgrace. Should we, should we write a formal letter to Alan Pardew? Mm, I think we need to. I think we need to start thinking about a whip round as well. Free Chung, you get that hashtag I think, moving. I think the last time we tried doing a whip round, it ended quite embarrassingly. So maybe let's not do that. <laughs> no, that's true. That's true. Right, well, to go, to carry on through the team, let's have a look who else we can pick up. Vela was right back again. Speaking um, of fuck-ups, to oh yeah. Sorry, carry well, on, the second carry goal on. came directly from Matt Davis, beautifully mm-hmm. sliding the ball right into the path of a Reading player. Oh, yeah, then, it was, yeah, it was a cracking pass if, yeah. if you're blind. And then Spearman, I'm pretty sure Spearman was still on the pitch. Spearman was nowhere to be seen as the shit Williams fucking strode through midfield and... Smash the ball into the bottom corner without any resistance whatsoever. Yeah, completely, completely un, uh, un, un, unattended to, wasn't it? That particular move, it was atrocious. And we could have been three goals up by the time we they went two up. It's just a. Oh, yeah. it's sad, and it's like you can't criticise Lennon for the players missing the chances, but then in the same breath. He's picking the players who are missing the chances. It's just ah, I, I knew it was coming. Oh, I, I knew it was coming before I went in the pictures to watch the fucking interminably shit Hunger Games film, whatever it's called, <laughs> the new one. Um, oh, you know what? Part what two. a waste of time! What a waste of time that is. That film. It's so so bad. Um, I, I posted a little clever tweet thinking, oh, I said, oh, we know how this game ends, obviously because Bolton were on top at the time. And so naturally, you know full well that we're going to end up behind. I didn't expect to come out the pitches and find us uh, to be only 2-0 down. I was quite surprised about that. Um, we played Vela at right-back and we continued with Casado at left-back. I think uh, Mark Howes put some out before about how uh, Moxie isn't too far off coming back now. Would you, uh, Tom, would you keep Casado in place or do you think that we need to put Moxie straight back in when he comes back? I don't think, I don't think Casado's done anything to deserve being dropped, has he? No, uh, I, I think he, of the defence at the minute, he's probably the last in the queue of of being uh, recycled, shall we say? Um, Not going to kill him, Tom. Well, give me another couple of months, and we'll see where this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll see where this sitting in a dark room takes me. If, if Neil Lennon's still at the club, then I am going to start popping people, <laughs> taking people out <laughs> on a date. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd take Casado out. I've heard, I've heard. Is that why, is that why your computer crashed? <laughs> yeah, there's this big crack across my screen. 
Hey, well, in more ways than one. In more ways than one. Just going to dark places. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Well, right, let's get back on track. Johnny, Josh Vela, right back. Do you approve? I do, indeed. I think, he was, I think he was good last year. I know there's a fair few people, probably three of them on this podcast, that absolutely despise <laughs> him. But I think, he's, uh, I think he was very good last year, and I prefer him at right-back to in midfield. I don't think he's big enough or strong enough to play in centre midfield. Not that anybody else that plays there at the moment is, i.e. Jay Spearing. But mm. uh, I think uh, Vela either gets in the gym, puts a bit of weight on, then he can play in centre midfield, or he sticks at right-back and does a good job. And I, I really do like him at right-back. Dan, would you like to just uh, advise Johnny of my position on this on that, on that particular debate? <laughs> I just feel like, why have we signed two right-backs in the summer and then actually not fucking playing them? I can yeah. understand, kind of with Frank Ripper, I know he's not had game time and he's out of his depth at the minute, potentially, and he got he got hacked at QPR, didn't he? He's not really seen since. But with Wilson, I, don't, I just don't see why he's not been given another chance. It was solid and unspectacular yeah. up until that Huddersfield game where he then duly got his arse ripped apart, but... I just don't see how he's the one who's had to brunt all of the fucking woe of Lennon when there's been players who've been consistently worse on m- many more occasions than him. It just doesn't... That's why... That's what really has annoyed me for quite a while But Lennon. He's, his selections and his oxidising of players just seem so arbitrary and it's, I just don't get well, it. Well, he, he treated Spearing in much the same way, if you remember. He played Spearing in his first couple of games in charge and then he had that... Uh... That rumour went round about him disobeying team orders against Norwich away, I think it was, and then he, he was he was gone never to be seen again until this, the start of this season. So him, him sidelining players, maybe ostracising them somewhat unfairly, is is a tenant of his of his leadership so far. Um, one player who seems immune to that is Feeney, however. Uh, Tommy scored again, Feeney. It was a penalty. It was it was perhaps a bit of a shit penalty, but, I mean, it went in, so we can't really complain too much. Um I'm going to come back to a similar topic. His position appears uh, in, inassailable. Um, what just what dirt do you think he's got on Lennon? I don't know what dirt he got on Lennon to to be take giving penalty taking duties as well. Well, I think that's the sheer fact that everyone else has taken one and missed, including Lennon himself. Yeah. <laughs> we call Feeney, but he's top goal scorer, he's top assist maker, he's top create chances maker. It's hard to deny that without him at this time we'd be even more fucked than we currently are. Yeah, but it's like it's like being the tallest of the seven dwarfs, though, isn't it? Oh, Come son on. of a bitch! You took the words right out of my mouth. It's like yeah. bald men, bald men fighting over a comb. It's just it's just one of them things, isn't it? You know, it's it, it is what it is. Phoenix. It's a, it's a product of circumstance. It's not for his own fault, I don't think. You know, oh. other players have missed chances when he's scored them. In fairness, I know he's missed probably missed more, a lot more than he has scored, but. I think without him, where would we actually be right now? Has he scored like, any crucial goals? Uh, he scored against Wolves, I think, didn't he? In the game that we actually managed to. Yeah, he scored the opener in that. Yeah. To fluke a win. So we'd have had a point. We wouldn't have had a win without him. Oh God! It doesn't bear thinking about, does it? I don't know. Liam Feeney is a winger. He's a wide man. Not a number ten. Not a centre forward. Not off the striker. Not a right back. Not anywhere else other than out on the right hand side of midfield. Where he can stay there, and in the first half when we're at home, we're attacking, he can be close to Neil Lennon, he can tell him exactly what to do, which is not to fuck up in the second half when he's on the other side of the pitch. I, I agree completely, and I think that showed against Bristol City at home when he was finally moved it wide, and then Medine and Amiobi were put up front. He got in a couple yeah. of good balls, and we should have, you know, if Medine hadn't been, you know, as I described in my article, uh, had a face like a fucking melting traffic cone, we'd <laughs> have gone ahead, and it just. 
it's just you know, I, it, like I said I think Lennon needs to get back to basics with his selections and play players in their actual positions, unless you're Vela, in which case probably stay at right back for now. Yeah. I think I think one thing you can say about Feeney that you can't say about the vast majority of the others is Feeney's playing for him. Feeney's putting the effort in for him. Mm. Oh, he's definitely, he's definitely his man, isn't he? There's, not, there's no there's, ways about but it. There's, there's, there's not many others that you can say are, are, no. are, putting, are putting the effort in for him at the minute. Weeter, 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 Weeter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but da- David Weeter's looking 27-year-old in the history of the world. David Weeter, you just wave a raw steak at him before the game and he's like, yes, boss, yes, boss. <laughs> <laughs> he has received man of the the Burned and Aces Man of the Match Award a good 58 times this season I think um, <laughs> he is, I'm surprised they've got time to give a Man of the Match Award I'm too busy wishing happy birthday to people you've never heard of <laughs> no he's Wheaters 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 playing well I uh, I think Wheaters quite enjoying his football at the moment even if we are bottom of the championship true true I mean it's uh, the centre half partnership has been a matter of debate for a while but it appears that Wheater is the is consistently first choice which you know, I agree with you. Is is not a not a bad thing. I think his performances deserve that um, thus far. Uh, right into midfield. Let's just have a quick two to we've got in here. We had Phoenix, Spearing, Dans, and Prattley. Prattley. Hmm. We had a few weird tweets from Reading fans this weekend. They're a very strange bunch. Um, in praise of, of Liam Feeney, saying that he was our best player and that we'd be interested in signing him now, other than starting the car and getting the deal done. I was really surprised. Surprised by that. What do you think has gone wrong with Feeney, Dan? Uh, he's really not not been the player that we, uh, Prattley, yeah. that we hoped he was. Uh, Prattley, sorry, I beg your pardon. Yeah. Um, he just seems to have declined, doesn't he, after since his injury? If it, I feel like he was rushed back a bit from that injury. Remember, he just came out of nowhere, didn't he, before the KPR yeah. game? I believe it was. And just, just you know, it's the Prattley of all, didn't it? I think. What can you do? This is, we should have expected it really, and none of us can moan about it because we all thought it was past it, and we all. Yeah. Welcomely, I'm, you know, without being drugged up, said he should be captain. So, you know, it's hard to really go back on what was once said. But yeah, he's he's back, the one that we feared would return. And yeah, it's quite sad, as long with everything else to do with Bolton at this moment in time. Indeed. Well, we gave him a brand new spanking contract, and he's also uh, captain, yeah. like you say. So I mean, he's undroppable, isn't he? Yeah, it would appear to be so, but who else is going to be captain at this stage, really? Wheater, maybe. But Very true. But give it him, he'd get fucking injured, so... Whoa, this must be the longest longest stretch that Wheater's had in the first team without yeah. getting injured, I suspect. Same with Davis, until, apart from when he got injured that time. But... Cheers, lads. <laughs> Tom's back, Tom's back. Yeah, we know, we know what's going to happen on Saturday now, don't we? Of course we do, of course we do. Tom, Mark Davis tells about him, He's uh, he played behind Amiobi, um I've been waiting for him to play that forward role and he didn't do anything. In fact, he missed mm-hmm. a, a, a relatively easy chance against our our former goalkeeper, Ali Al-Abzi. Um, what, what do you do with Mark Davies? He's so frustrating. I know, I've been saying for weeks that he needs to play behind the striker and then he uh, doesn't doesn't show anything to prove me right. Um, I think him like, I think the, like the old squad, I think they're all just absolutely devoid of confidence. I mean, even the senior pro like Amiobi coming in, who's supposed to have been there, done it, he's starting to look like it's affecting him now as well. And it's just, there isn't really a very positive mood around the place. And the going out, you know, missing a couple of chances early on, like you said, Davis's uh, chance saved by Alabzi. And then if you don't, we don't take the lead, it's almost as if the players know before, before the opposition know that, that we're going to lose the game. 
because after half an hour and we hadn't scored, that was it. We'd, it was almost as if, right, well, here come Reading. Yeah, I mean, it's sad, isn't it, that, that we, if we don't capitalise on that early bit of pressure, it seems like we've got no answer to some to a team coming on to us, um, which has got to come from a manager first and foremost, I would expect, Tom. Oh, you're teasing me into it, aren't you? I'm trying. You're getting there. Is it working? Is it working? One win all season. One win all season. Is it working? It's yeah, because it's. I I I think, I think he's lost the players, and there's only there's only so long he'll he'll last with that. No matter how good a manager he is, no matter how many times he beat a team that play in red and blue from Spain, it's, it's a matter of time now, because I don't think I don't think they're playing for him. Mm, what, what what makes you think that? I mean, it's a it's a phrase that's often often used, isn't it? We're against uh, against managers who are underperforming. That they've, they've lost the dressing room, and so it's not one that I, I must say it's not one that I particularly uh, subscribe to. I think it's a it's an intangible. I, I'm not, I'm not confident about that, but I'd be interested to know where where you're coming from with that. I think it's. I mean, you see it when a new manager comes in. You don't really see the difference until the change. I mean. Lee Chung Yong with Neil Lennon is the absolute perfect example here because you wouldn't have you would have said Chungi was playing bad but you couldn't quite put your finger on it and then a new manager comes in puts a bit of confidence into him plays him in a slightly different position and you just see a totally different player um, and I think we can we can look maybe at a few of our better players your your Davises. Uh, I'm not going to say Amiobi because we haven't seen anything of him. No. Um, Clayton, maybe to an extent, recently I was as well. Just coming on to ask you about Clayton. Um, um, I he, think he, 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 he yeah, gone. Sorry. Yeah, we've just got players who, at the start of his reign or at the start of his tenure, um, they were really playing for him, uh, and they looked. I mean, Clayton in particular, which is why I brought him up, looks like he was going to go on to to great things but now I, I don't see anyone trying to grab the game by the scruff of the neck for him where do you play Clayton? still trying to work <laughs> out he's uh, left of a three behind one striker Dan any advancements on that? Yeah, Max played his best position. Like I said, I'd like to have him just on the pitch for a start, but I agree with Tom. Like that's when when we played our best football it was Clayton, Chungi, Feeney behind <laughs> Davis, I believe, and then with Dan's and probably Davis or Prattley in the midfield. Yeah. And we've not played that was that's when we played best and we haven't played, you know, that good since and I think we need that's why I said in my article about Lennon it needs to go back to basics, it needs to go back to that simple formation, it needs to get players in their positions and actually playing yeah. the players who are going to create chances. In the two games, the Preston game and I believe not the, what was the after Preston game, the Ipswich game, he was our most dangerous player on two occasions where we were fucking shite when he, you know, his one direct run should have got us a player sent off in each game but shite refereeing and all that but that's a discussion for another day. How's, how's Craig Davis getting on at Wigan doing now? Um, not doing. He's doing all right. Not saying. I, mean, I think he's scored gonna, like I'm look now. I'm yeah, gonna... three or four goals in 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 eight or nine appearances. I mean, it's what I ex- it's what I ex- would expect two from goals, him in first division. But he's not playing many games. I don't know when that was last updated. But he's like at Wigan. They've got like they've signed twenty players since the summer. 
and many of them have been strikers. It's mad how many players have actually got. So I'm not surprised. He's like they just loaned uh, Alex Ravel as well, didn't yeah, exactly. from uh, Cardiff this week. So yeah. they can't be that happy. Can I ask you all a question? Have you ever met anyone from Wigan that's actually all right? <laughs> um, I only say that because there's a guy at our work, right? And and you know, I like everyone. I'm, I'm a friendly guy. But this guy at work, he's a Wigan fan. He's a tosser. Yeah, we were making a cup of tea the other day, and I saw he had a Wigan cup, and I was at the kettle, and I thought, um, oh, I'll have a bit of a laugh with him. You know, I said, oh, I'm not letting you in here. I'm not letting Wigan fans get to, to get to the kettle before me. And he got all pissy with me. Oh, when, when did you last win the FA Cup? It's like, oh, all right, mate. That. All right, mate. Uh, what what division are you in? What division are you in? And he's like, oh, you know, fuck off, Bolton fan. Walked away. Like, no, mate. I'm only trying to have a bit of a, a bit of a crack with you. You know, get through the working day together and all that. But no, the wrongins aren't they? Absolutely uh, wrongins. Craig Craig Davis has scored two goals this season for Wigan, and they both came in League One. Wow. <laughs> Conveniently enough. Something, something finding his level there. Mm. To be honest with you, I think we could do with him right now. To be honest, shut up, Dan. we probably shut up, should Dan. have kept him. Really, to put to, to put that into context, there's a lad I, I went to school with. Well, he's a couple of years younger than me, called Jordan Flores. He plays for Wigan, yeah. and he scored one goal in League One this season, and he's about 19 yeah. or 20. So let's put that into Craig. Has Craig Davis played in the Premier League? I don't think he has. Is he? I don't think so. I doubt it. No. He's played no. in Ser- he's played in Serie A though, hasn't he? Well, he played for a team in Serie A. Oh, did he not make any appearances? I really don't think he did, no. All right, fair enough. That takes my argument right out of the question then. Interesting, interesting. Well, let's go uh, the remainder of the team. Right, so we had uh, the subs were Clayton, Heskey and uh, Medine on for Spearing, Davies and Amiobi respectively. Heskey, Medine up front, lads. Is it any wonder we've scored about, what, about three goals all season? Um, Dan, come to you first on that one. No, like just like I just alluded to then, we need... We could do with a striker has a bit of mobility and can actually finish every now and then. And despite all his faults of injuries and stuff, Craig Davis was that. And I, I was all for. I can't mourn because I was all for getting rid of him at the time. But in hindsight, I think it was probably a little foolhardy getting rid of him. Mm, control, uh, Johnny Medina and Eski. You, you, you're hiding for nothing, aren't you? Really, there. You're never going to score ever, ever. ever. Uh, I think Emil Heskey a better. I think he needs to knock it on the head, if I'm honest. He should probably take up some sort of coaching role or just maybe have the rest of the season off and then come back and try again in summer. Um, Gary Medine, I wrote that article about him and him and David Wheater on the piss in town <laughs> on, the, on the last Thursday it was. And I, yeah. God only knows what he's doing out. He should be, I don't know, playing FIFA, at least trying to understand how to put a ball into a net. Because <laughs> he's been... He, I mean, at the start of the season, the, the lads I sit with it the game, they were absolutely slating him, saying how shit he was, and I was sticking up for him, saying he's still quite a young lad, and he needs a bit of time to obviously adjust, he's been to prison, blah, 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 and now he's 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 not done me any favours at all on the terraces. He's getting uh, worse, isn't he? He's getting much, much worse, and I, I think this he's been dropped, and he's he's now just going to be a bit part player, and I think we're, we're going to limp through the rest of the season, or at least till January, playing anybody and everybody up front, except him. Except um, him and except Clayton, it seems. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I'd rather play Clayton up front on his own than Medine anywhere on the pitch at yeah. the moment. No arguments for me there. And Amiobi, to finish off, lads, I mean, it was only ever meant to be a gamble. Obviously, we had him on trial and turned him down before before needs needs must, and we took, actually took him on. Um, he's, he's only going to be here to the end of the season, isn't he, uh, Tom? Come to you first on that one. Yeah, I mean, Amiobi, Heskey and Medine, four competitive goals between them. 
they should string up the person who signed them, really, shouldn't they? Who, who, who was that, Tom? Who, who was it? Was it Garza? I don't know. I think, I don't know. He, he, he tells me that he's uh, he beat a Spanish team in the Champions League once, I think. <laughs> with about I, three three percent possession, one shot on target. I'm still I'm still not sure. Yeah, they won two nil to be fair, so it can't be just one shot on target. Or a clean sheet, a clean sheet. So he's a defensive expert. Oh, so, so, yes, yeah, so he knows what they are, does he? <laughs> <laughs> Climbs into one every single night in his big fucking massive house. I expect. Uh, it's just he's he's he signed the same striker three times. Um, signing Dyer. the same signing the. Signing the same striker twice is terrible. Signing the same striker three times is unforgivable. He literally signed the one the third time knowingly signing him for the third time after having having not signed him because he'd already signed him twice. Why? Why? Why have they done it though? What? Why? What? What are they doing? Training? They must. Like I can't. I just can't imagine that Shola Amiobi running down the wing and delivering. Like whipping a ball into the box, they must. They to be must fair, all... probably our best striker at the minute. But they must all train in the same way, and they must all do the same thing. So surely Gary Medine, Emil Heskett, and Shola Amiobi are all holding the ball up up front. Who's running off them? Because we're running out Nobody. of players. I mean, I'd be. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if Ben Amos gets a shot on target next game because he's he's having to make some runs. It's pathetic. It I think we should. I think we should start all three of them up front next weekend. Just what for a laugh? Yeah, all three. <laughs> Why not? I'm, I'm up for that. You've got to try something different, haven't you? But uh, on the subject of Medine, uh, obviously, Johnny, you put your piece up there about the lads being caught out on the town. I wanted to ask you all, uh, you all, Tom and Dan, what your opinion was on that one. I mean, they've got to have a life, fair enough, and there was no training, etc. next day. But do you think they need to be a bit more aware of the world they live in these days? I mean, we got caught out with that, didn't we, last season with Jay Spear, and I think it was uh, living at large up in Ibiza, and uh, yeah. next thing you know, he's all over the in- Instagram and so on, whatever the kids use these days. But... Um, where, where do you stand on that one, Dan? It's like I was just going to cite the Spain incident of last year, and mm. it's just, it's just like I said, they have to have their own lives, you know. And it's just not something I tend to. They wouldn't be training at, you know, ten o'clock at night anyway, would they? So it's not. I'm not too bothered personally. There's no, there's plenty enough. of other stuff to be bothered about with our football team than what they do in their recreational hours. Yeah, no, you're correct in that. In that, so many any differences of opinion there. No, leave them alone. Let them go out and try and get a bird. Leave them alone. <laughs> I think if you look hard enough on the internet, you'll find that uh, that old mate Medine doesn't have any bother in that regard. It's finding <laughs> the back. It's finding the back of the net that he's got problems with. Why has he got erectile dysfunction? <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like those old adverts with Pele. Do you remember when Pele was advertising? <laughs> yeah, it was like a. I don't have erectile dysfunction, you know, in big fucking brackets. Just want to make that clear, Pelé does not have erectile dysfunction. <laughs> but if I did, I would use Viagra. So, uh, it used to make me chuckle every single time it came on that one. God bless him. R.I.P. Pelé. R.I.P. in peace. Well, let's think what we've got left to say. Uh, right, take over on the players. Um, I don't think we talked about that prior, but Lennon reckons it's not affecting the players. Uh, Amiobi reckons it is. Uh, Johnny, which one is it? Um, I think behind closed doors, Amiobi might be getting a bit of a bollocking for that because obviously mm. Len Len is trying to steady the ship and say no. He's off message again, and he's off message. Yeah, and it kind of seems like it's um, sort of a few crosswise there, and that's not good. But I won't be surprised if it's affecting him. It's all over the internet. You, you're not. Well, I say it's all over the internet. It's all over the ball and wanderers sphere. 
Um, and if, if any of the players are active on social media, it doesn't take long for it to spread around the dressing room. And I'm sure they've got questions just like we have. So I think, to be honest with you, they're, they're in, in a similar boat to we are. I can't imagine them knowing much more than any of us do, to be honest. Well, if they want to know more, of course, they've got to check out the World's Premier Bolton-Wonders website, let's not forget. Right, great. Well, we'll, we'll, call, that, uh, we'll call that it for Reading against Bolton. Uh, we, we lost 2-1. That, it was what it was. Uh, we, we hashtag we go again. We've got Brentford coming up on Monday week. Um, so we'll take a little tiny break for a moment. We'll come back and we'll talk about uh, Brentford. Stay with us. Right, all campers, welcome back to segment three of LovePod 37. I'm still joined by Dan... Johnny and Tom, uh, let's talk about Brentford. Um, by the time the, the game comes, we come Monday the 30th, we could well be under new ownership, it could be a bright new tomorrow, uh, we could all be playing in red and call ourselves the uh, the Bluebirds as well, all doing the Mobot, whatever it is that Vincent Tanfella does. Uh, Brentford at home, Brentford managed by Lee Carsley, formerly of Everton, a right nasty bastard in his day. Um, changes, I think changes are inevitable given the fact that we've uh, we've struggled last few weeks, haven't we? I mean, God knows when we last won a game, Dan. 72 days ago. Shit, the bed, man. What would you do? What would you do? We need to beat Brentford. Come on. Um, like I've said on numerous fucking occasions, fuck this diamond off because it's not working anymore. 4 2 3 1, simple stuff. I'd probably keep the defence. I'd probably keep the defence the same. Yeah, I'd, yeah I, I'd still trust in Prince being better than. Derek and Devita at this stage. I'd maybe give Derek a go instead. I don't know. He played for the reserves, didn't he? he did, tonight? along with Pisano, actually. Mm. And Barrett, who is a player, I'd finally get in the fucking first team because he can't be any worse than what we've already got. So I'd have Barrett alongside Spearing in the in a four-two-three-one. Barrett alongside Spearing. I'd have Mark Davis up in the middle with Clayton on the left, and then either Feeney or Tom Walker, who also played for the reserves, on the right. And then I'd have probably Amiobi up front, maybe Medine, whoever's got more running in them. But that'd be my team. It'd be simple and hopefully get attacking players in attacking positions and keep the defensive players where they need to be and just simple. And hopefully we don't get battered because Brentford are turning up a bit after a really, really mm. bad start. Just forgive me for being old. Who's Barrett? No, the player we signed from fucking Australia City. Oh, Bratton. Oh, Bratton, sorry, Barrett. Who the fuck am I about Bratton? No wonder I've no idea what you're talking about. Make, you're making up people's names for fuck's sake. Yeah, Luke Bratton, I'd, I'd give him a go because if we don't, then what was the point in getting him in anyway? Well, he played, he played as well, didn't he? So, I mean, he's had two games in the space of about three or four days, so chances are that they're maybe trying to build his fitness up a little bit. Tom, do you think that's a, that's a shout, giving Lard a, a go? Uh... Yeah, why not? You, you, you know me. Can't at the do minute. worse than sparing, can he? Well, yeah, you know me at the minute without without starting lineup. It's it's mm. it's it's a difficult choice. I mean, one thing is, I mean, I know that they've they've really turned up recently, Brentford. But yeah. we've we've conceded the same amount of goals as Brentford this season. Yeah, then that's not, madness. They've they've lost a lot of their good players. Lost Abudajo to Hull. Just lost Gray to Burnley. And I mean, the defense is not as good as it was even. They've got a player called Hailey Dean who has improved, but he's largely quite shit. Who got sent off against Forest actually? <laughs> for for it's a real compliment, some... real compliment you're paying in there, Dan. Yeah, I try to. And um, so he's so they've already got they're already losing one of the first choice defenders going into the game. So it could be one for goals if we could score, of course. Well, they've they've yeah. only failed to score three times this season. So, nah, well. oh dearie me! And and even then, oh. it's against decent teams as well. I think it was uh, definitely Burnley. 
because they got beat 1-0 by Burnley, didn't they? Mm-hmm. But they, they, they've only failed to score three times, so it'll be an interesting one. I'm going to go for a 4-3-3. <laughs> Oh, I thought you meant scoreline at first, and I was like, fucking <laughs> no. Hey, it, don't... Still, it, still, it still might be, it's not, not finished yet. Yeah. Uh, Amos. To score. Uh, a hat trick. <laughs> um, Amos in net, don't care about the back four, don't care about the midfield. Okay. I, don't think, then... I don't think Lennon does either, to be honest. <laughs> and then I want Heskey on the left wing, <laughs> Medine, Medine on the right wing, and then Amio be false nine. Wow. wow, I'm lost for words. Dan, how, how do you respond to that kind of mentality? Laugh. <laughs> it would be funny. <laughs> <laughs> can't deny it would be funny, but yeah. I, I think we need a bit, just a bit more pace. Oh, we might. Well, uh, all well, what, about, mate. what about Clayton? Do you think Clayton, will, uh, Clayton comes in for a start this one? I, I think he has to. Yeah, I think Yeah, we need some pace, we need some actual directness. We need some actual natural wingers. I think I think I'll get Walker played for the reserves as well. I think I'd get Walker in because he was one of our best players towards the end of last season. I thought and I quite like I really like the look of him. And I'll do, I, I know I'm, put, I'm handicapping him by putting him on the right in this. Mm. I change my mind every week about Tom Walker when I saw him play. I, half the time he looked like he knew what he was doing. And half the time he looked out of his depth. So I'm uh, I, I'm not one, but not as confident as you, but I know where you're coming from. Like I said, he's the one. You know, he's a player who's not played much in this season of total shitness. So, any you know, I'd just try and get as many players who haven't played that much in as possible. So the likes of Vela, not Vela, sorry, not, well Vela, I suppose, but the likes of Walker, Clayton, Bratton, you know, any I fucking, I'm you know, I'm on the verge of saying just fucking play Thomas and Sammy Darcy at this point. But well, there was one person who was absent, who was uh, notable in his absence for the uh, for the reserves that. I'm starting to think maybe it could be worth considering was old our old mate Mido. Nowhere near the nowhere near the reserves again. Really? Like I said, it can't like I said, he's not been a part of the team that's been shit for the past mm. six months, so it's not gonna do any worse giving him a go, is it? Is, is he, the, no. is, he on, is he on big money? He must have a quite Apparently. a must have quite a decent size I, I would be very surprised if he wasn't given the, given where he came from. He, you know, he's I know he's played in the Champions League at, at a low level, but he's played in the Champions League nonetheless. I, I should think he's probably in our top top ten earners. I would have thought top, top, top five. five yeah. I mean, Johnny, we've not spoke to you on the podcast about about Mido before. I mean, there's been agreement along the way that he's not playing for a reason. But have you ever thought that Lennon might be might be cutting his nose off to spite his face a bit in terms of not picking him uh, and it hampering the hampering the team as a result? Or do you think we're not really missing too much and he's not that good really? No, I, uh, I mean to a certain extent, yeah. But why why keep a player like of his quality? Out of the team, and then put someone like Philip Twardzik on the bench. Like, what's the point? Like, I know obviously there's covering different positions, blah blah blah. But I would much rather see Mido on the bench and have him potentially being able to come on, which shows he's still in favour, uh, kind of. But I mean, not even to get in the development squad. What's going on there? He's. I mean, we've we've signed him, and he's he's, he's hardly played since. And I I think he's all right. I, Actually, uh, yeah, I mean, he's certainly not. He's certainly not a, a disastrous player. Is he? even at his worst? I think he could do. He could do a job similar, if not better, than those in the team at present. Yeah, for sure, he's a he's a good, tenacious midfielder that will kind of work hard. He's got a similar energy to that of um, of Dan's, which which Dan spoke about before. So, I mean, I'd love to see him in the team. Um, I think he could provide a bit of a a bit of a spark 
um, as could a few of the the younger players that we've that we've discussed um, that have been playing in the in the development squad. Like um, who scored today? Woolery scored today, didn't he? Mm. So I mean, I know he's he's played once this season. Yeah, he's been restricted to sub appearances, hasn't he? I mean, he's not uh, not had full chance to, to show us what he can do from the start. It's not like we're going to have the we're going to have the FA Cup coming up soon, I suppose, in the next six weeks or so. We might yeah. give him a chance there, but it's not enough, is it? No, he's. he's I mean, he, why not play him? I mean, we're we're bottom of the championship. We're not scored in God knows how long. We've got not really much else up front, so why not why not mix it up and put him on, see how he does? If it, if it's not very good, you take him off. You put a more senior player on, but at least give the lad 45 minutes, it can't get much worse. Agreed. Uh, right, OK, well, Tom, uh, on, on still continuing the topic of Brentford, who, who would you start up front? I know we've mentioned about Amos potentially starting up there, maybe uh, Paul Rachubka and, uh, and, and the, the spirit and that loft have, but in all seriousness, would you carry on with the one up front that he, he took into the previous game, or do you think he needs to go more attacking and make a statement? Because after all, the, uh, the new managers could be watching. A new chairman could be watching, I guess I should say. Um, I've, well, I've seen us this season play with both one and two up front, and both times we've looked totally ineffective. Um, but, I mean, just just playing the numbers game, we may as well go two up front, um, just so there's another body in there, and probably go Clayton alongside... Oh, balls to it. Just any of them. Whichever one puts the boots on first out of Heskey, Medine and Amiobi. Fair enough. They probably missed that, I'm sure. As well. um, I guess the only one constant in the team that we're all, we're all content with is Amos, isn't it? I mean, he's not going anywhere. When the replacements for Chubka, we ain't got much fucking choice, really, do we? Mm, very true, very true. Poor Paul. I've heard he's still not recovered from that slating you gave him when we signed him, Daniel. He's <laughs> shite, so it's Justified. I mean, we could always re-sign Paddy. Uh, what's his face? Kenny. Paddy, Paddy Kenny. Kenny. Just been yeah. released by Barry. He but released himself. Right. He released himself, didn't he? Unbelievable he? scenes. Yeah, he took the decision yeah. that when he got injured, he didn't want to. Uh, he didn't want to take money off a club when he wasn't going to earn it. Bizarre. Hmm. Had, he been, uh, had he been playing before that? His contract was six weeks long. It was, thir- it was thirteen days into it. Tore his calf, and by the time he'd have got back from injury, he'd have contract would have run out. So he just <laughs> called it quits. Just, I suppose you've got to say, hey, I suppose you've got to pat him on the back and say it's a, de- a decent gesture. Not many footballers would do that. No, I wouldn't. But no the whole of them is mad as Paddy Kenny, so... No, that's right. Is he slimmed down any, I bet? Probably not. As he, as he bollocks. <laughs> he did get his ear bitten in... off in a Halifax at Sheffield one, didn't he? I am not yeah, that's that. true. That's yeah. true. Especially playing for Berry and Black Puddings on that for him. Uh, would have been the wrong, wrong place at the wrong time for the lad. Mm, interesting, Paddy Kenny, a black pudding expert. Right, Joel, um, let me think, what else are we going to talk about in terms of Brentford predictions? We'll come to that in a sec. First of all, I want to ask you, I had a feeling the club might do something on uh, on Monday night. It's on Sky, it's midweek, it's going to be cold, attendance is going to be shit. Do you think there's any call for the old uh, return of the old £5 game? £5 game, try and, try and fill the crowd up a bit, try and get some more bums on seats, get a bit of excitement going, Dan. I know that they've, in fact, given Brentford really cheap tickets. I'm sure it's 15 quid for an adult and 5 quid for a kid. Yeah, on a, Monday night. on a Monday night. And Brentford yeah. are putting on free travel for the game as well. Uh-huh. So they'll probably have a fair, decent number. But I feel like it's a bit late for Bolton to do that type of thing there, isn't it? Especially when it's going to be. I thought what he was going to say then, by doing something Monday night, I thought he was going to say introduce a new owner 
And if it's if it's done by then, like you said, on the Sky cameras and publicity and whatnot, it could be the perfect time, really, couldn't it? I'm sure Dean Olds would be well up for that. So I'm really happy for him to come do some kick-ups in front of the North Stand, uh, a la Michael Knighton, Old Trafford back in the day. Does your memory stretch back that far? Do you know what? No. Ah. I'm, struggling. I'm struggling with that one. Michael Knighton was a, a fellow, a businessman who came along, was intending on buying, buying United from uh, the family, Edwards, Edwards family, that's right. And he, he came on the pitch, did kick-ups in front of the North Stand, dressed in the United kit, etc. This is, must be late 80s, this. I can't claim that I was there, but uh, live, coming from a, a United family when I was, young, when I was growing up, it was, uh, it was often talked about. It turned out that he blagged it all and he didn't have any money at all, so it was quite funny, <laughs> quite fun, quite funny in the end. But, uh, but no, um, right, yeah, new owners are going to be looking on, do you think? I mean, they're going to be paying attention to the game. It's up to all to make a statement, and that goes for Lennon too, would you say? Is that to me? It is. Please, are you on the line? Um, I, I, I think with Sports Shield, I think it's uh, it's the opportunity to make the investors some money, and I think I don't think they're looking for. Um, I mean, staying in the league would be good, but I think that their first and foremost their concern is uh, is getting the the back of some profit. Mm, so the they might, there, yeah. They? They, I mean, they might. Yeah, I was going to say they might be trying to look at Lem, Lennon and then just see the cash register when they see the hotel at the other end of the stadium. Maybe when they're looking, but um, I suppose they can get a feel for exactly what sort of situation we're in. So we could probably do with the takeover being done before next Monday night. Otherwise, we might we might have them pulling the plug on Tuesday morning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe best they don't watch. Actually, we'll tell them it, tell them it's been postponed or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. Well, okay, so score predictions. Tom, whilst I've got you on, how are we going to get on? Are we going to win? 3-4-5-0? Uh, right, here's what's going to happen. The takeover is going to be done by Friday, 9 o'clock in the morning. Lennon will be out the door by 2 minutes past 9. <laughs> and a Jimmy Phillips-inspired Bolton Wanderers will win 3-1. And if that is right, everyone listening to this podcast owes me a fiver. I didn't know you were part of the consortium, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Very interesting. Johnny, where do you stand on the debate? Um, result, what are we going to do? Uh, I think it's going to be an absolutely dire game in front of the Sky cameras against Brentford, just like it was against Preston. So I'm going to go nil-nil Bolton. Uh, Brentford, no takeover, no nothing. Same <laughs> as we are. Shit attendance. <laughs> Less than 15,000, and Brentford will bring no more than 500. Thank you very much. Good night. I'm not giving Excellent. you a fiver if that's right. No. <laughs> I don't, I don't no. want your money. I don't, I don't give you money to the club, not me. <laughs> We're having that wit round, aren't we? Forgot about that now. Oh, yeah. Dan, where do you stand on the debate? See, I'll be very happy on Monday. I'd have just gotten back to Sheffield from Germany the weekend before. I'd have just watched. I'm, I'm going to brag, so indulge me. I'm going to watch Froch v... Not Froch, what's he called? Klitschko v Fury, actually there, for some reason. And then I'm going to watch Dortmund, my German team, on Sunday. And then I'm going to be very happy. And then I'm going to get back to Sheffield. They're going to get load up Sky, go on my computer. I'm going to watch Bolton be absolutely shit. They just destroy my mood. I'm going to scream in front of my housemates again at the football, and they're going to see the dark side to me. And then we're going to comfortably lose 2-0. Wow, I don't know what to say to that. That's, uh, that, that's a bit different... Um, you love you love watching football in Germany, by the way. I've been a couple of times. It's uh, 
it's sensational. It's the way it should always be for everybody in the whole wide world watching right. football that I way. I drink so much beer and eat so much German sausage. I- I had my you know. stag. I had my stag doing it. <laughs> Not for the first time. Not for the first time. Hey, oh, oh, Phantom machines in operation. Here. Uh, yeah, you'll it'll change your life going on the piss in Germany full time. I had my stag doing Munich. Didn't didn't have a single bad head all weekend, and that was from caning it nine till uh, nine till nine every single day. You'll absolutely love it. It's the best place in the world. I love Germany to bits. Who's Dortmund? Goddamn! They are playing Stuttgart. Well, I'll be decent, that. Yeah. Well, if it's a nil-nil, I would legitimately throw myself off the stadium. Because I went to fucking Rome in February. Rome were playing bottom of the league in fucking administration, Palmer, and they drew nil-nil. And the person who came closest to scoring was Ashley Cole. Twice. <laughs> yes. oh my I God. went to watch Barcelona v Espanyol on a stag do about six or seven I years ago. Yeah, Messi, Etu, Ronaldinho, Good Johnson, Yaya Torre. It was nil-nil. Fucking, I sat right at the back of the tallest fucking stand in the new camp. It was freezing cold. Didn't have my coat on. It was rough. Rough as toast. But uh, every single game I've seen in Spain was nil-nil. Barcelona, Espanyol. Wanderers against Atletico. So, yeah, the absolute curse when it comes to Spanish footy me. Right, brilliant. Uh, I think we're going to win. 5-0. You say this every week. Ben Amos hat-trick. I think it's, it's nailed on. I think people are going to get the rocket up their arse of this takeover. They're going to realise jobs and positions and uh, cushy jobs and cushy uh, positions at Bolton Wanderers' right wing up for grabs. Uh, I think the time's come that we're going to see this revolution finally. Lennon's going to prove to Tom Hall what once and for all that he's the right man and um, we'll be absolutely flying and we'll have the league sewn up probably by by March. So, yeah, I don't really know what you're all worried about. It's an absolute nailed-on, shoe-in victory. Bar- uh, Brentford... They won't like travelling up here. It's too far away from the south. They're not right down there, so they won't like it coming up here where the air's clean and the beer's cheap. So, yeah, I'm going to go with 5-0 uh, just to be conservative. I don't want to be uh, too cocky and too confident. Do fancy us. Cool. Right, so I think uh, any other business before we move on to the final element of the night? Absolutely not. No, good. We're good. Right, well, this question was posed before the news about the takeover. Yeah, broke, it's so, it, yeah it, it's a bit pessimistic, shall we say, yeah, to say the least. Uh, Dan, I'm going to let you run through this. I'm feeling like you, 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 can, you can handle the responsibility. Um, feel free to, uh, to come to us at the end and, and ask us what we think about the matter. We, with the benefit of hindsight, can look clever by yeah. talking about where we're actually going to be, unlike all these negative sods who didn't have the information to hand. So, the question we posed after Bolton succumbed to a 2 defeat on Saturday afternoon was where do you see Bolton in 12 months time obviously as Chris just said we didn't have today's uplifting news when this question was asked so bear that in mind Luke at Luke underscore BWFC said after today League 1 and he did travel to the game and left after an hour I believe and yeah it wasn't very good at Josh J Josh Jen Beth League (laughs) 1 with all the top tier Closed on match days. Which, fucking hope Yeah, they won't do that because people have season tickets. I've asked yeah. about that before. Uh, at Loughbra Craig, Championship mid table looking slightly better Nick than currently. So someone was a bit optimistic then, to be fair. Pete Wanderer, that's quite clever actually. Let's be positive. <laughs> Top of League One. At Wacko Jacko Evans, the next Portsmouth. Kyle at at Kyle BWC says probably optimistic in saying that I think we'll still be in the championship providing we get took over and get some money 
at MarcusBWFC. Simple answer, still sorting out and rebuilding this bullshit of a mess we're current we're in change wait what? We're in <laughs> grammar people, we're in. Change doesn't happen overnight. Our very own Rob Latham at Robbie Laz says, Where are Blackpool right now? Yep, exactly there. Shut up, and Rob. Finally, at I'm glad he's not here, you know. I'm glad he's not here tonight with his what? bringing us bringing us down with his negativity. <laughs> what a load of fucking shit that is. Shut up, Rob. I'm giving what for on Twitter right now. Uh. <laughs> and finally, at Bolton Platt says, Best we can realistically hope for is that the takeover happens and we have one of the biggest transfer budgets in league. Whoa, who is that man getting putting the lottery on? He knows, he knows. So Christopher, where do you see us? Mm. With the benefit of knowing that Dave Davis will wipe all the debt and that a takeover is surely now in the immediate future, where do you see Bolton Wanderers in 12 months' time? Challenging at the top of the league, of course. <laughs> we're going to have the big... I'm not saying which league, by the way. Yeah, not saying which league. But we've got... Uh, you know, you'd expect we'd have a, open up a, bit, a few quid to spend. We'd have a, a decent manager in position. Not sure who that's going to be. Yeah, it could be Lennon, could be someone else. But then, uh, and also have a better squad. Maybe, maybe, for the first time in a good couple of years, going watching Wanderers uh, will be less of a chore and more of a pleasure like it used to be. Maybe, maybe. So, Probably yeah, not. long and short of it is, uh, yeah, in a dream world, everything will be absolutely fine. This takeover will come through, we'll all be laughing, and then we'll be wondering why the hell we ever asked Tom on the podcast, because we've got nothing to talk about. <laughs> and everything's rosy in the garden. Tom? Do you want to counteract that with your undoubtedly negativity? Uh, <laughs> yeah, Tom. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and be I'm gonna try and be nice. Um, uh-huh. Because obviously, like I said, on Friday morning at two minutes past nine, Neil Lennon's gonna be getting his P P forty five, and we're gonna have a new manager. It's gonna spur us on. We're gonna finish just outside of the relegation zone, um, and then next season we'll be looking towards the top half of the championship. If my prediction is incorrect and he finds himself in a job, we'll be in the League One playoff places. Out of interest, I know you mentioned Jurgen Klopp potentially for Wanderers. <laughs> in, uh, in, no. in Brave, but who who would be your uh, your preferred incoming manager? The longer, do you know what? The longer it goes on, the more attractive terrible managers become. <laughs> um, I mean. I mean, mine, mine was Paul Lambert for quite a while, and then obviously that's that's kind of gone out the window. But I mean, even this week, I was thinking, you know, Brian McDermott did all right at Reading once upon a time, and I'm thinking like Nigel Atkins, that kind of yeah, Nigel Atkins. I mean, I'm looking at I'm looking at bad managers now, and I'm thinking, yeah, he once upon a time he did all right at such a place. So. um I don't know. At the minute, my flavour of the month is Carl Robinson at MK Dons. Yeah, they've settled down quite well in the league, haven't they? And of course, they uh, they beat Neil Lennon's Bolton, and he once beat a team from Scott from Spain who played in blue and red. So he's the man. Clearly, he's the man. <laughs> Dan, sorry, back to you. Oh, just finally, Johnny. What uh, do you see us? Uh, I think we'll be in mid to top half of the championship with someone like Bobby Zamora but not Bobby Zamora playing alongside Emil Heskey sure I'm here a bit of fun no 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 no. Isaac Johnson Isaac Johnson wants to come back to Europe didn't he no? but he very very interestingly chose to, uh, to disregard any mention of Bolton Wanderers in his conversation what a bell end mm. um, I think I think that we'll be in a, a good a good place 
Um, we'll have Emil Heskey on the board of directors. Uh, we'll have we'll have Andranic Andranic Taimorian as treasurer, and Abdul Faye as director of football. Interesting. Thank Interesting. you very much. Both both well both well qualified for the positions. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Me, I genuinely don't have a fucking clue. I don't even know. <laughs> it's I can't. Probably in the same vicious circle of just hiring a new manager who did well initially, but has done start the next season really shit. So we need to change, and we're going to go down. Probably in that circle. That's a massive slam to whoever's doing the DIY in the background again. Yeah, <laughs> you're right there, Tom. <laughs> Sounds like you. Yeah, we're just we're just dealing with the you don't Tom's jumped, jumped off a building or something. He's a cyborg. That would explain a lot of things, actually. Now it sounds like he's having a piss at the same time. <laughs> Tom, you've got to have a piss in the middle of the podcast as well. We I'm, I'm trying to brush my teeth. It's 10 past 11. You're <laughs> <laughs> genuinely brushing your teeth in the middle of a podcast. Oh, my yeah. God. That is, that is a new... That's either a new high or a new low. I'm not entirely sure yet. You do need to get some WD forty on them engines. No, that was that was me spitting. That's great. That's great. I don't know if I need to edit this. Did you wash your hands? Nah. Not for a brush. You don't get Nick Grimshaw on Radio One just don't he don't just brush his teeth halfway through the show. Yeah. He can do I've heard it might be more. Ent- it might be more entertaining if he did, from what I hear. Anyway, <laughs> do we want to keep this actually in the podcast or does? Or... Oh, this hundred percent goes in. This goes in. <laughs> this is um, this is this is why we're nominated. Nominated and we don't win any of them fucking awards because of this sort of thing. You know, like, I'm, how, I'm <laughs> defending it to me dying breath. <laughs> <laughs> this is how we get those clicks. Of course it is. Of yeah. course it is. Yeah. Listen, listen to Tom brush his teeth. Oh, podcast. you know what? I, I think we need to we need to heavily advertise this fact. Have you ever won any one of the fetish of, uh, of, of of you know northern lads brushing their teeth whilst talking about wonders? Then they're they're going to be in their absolute element, aren't they? I someone don't know. Up, I don't know. Someone uploaded to Pornhub. Jesus Christ, Tom! What are you playing at? Yeah, absolutely off your tits, man. But anyway, what toothpaste do you use? Colgate. Right, top what the original, the original and best. That's the bed. That's the bedroom door. That. Your I'm gonna. Have you have you taken us into bed with you now? Yeah. Ooh. Oh baby, yeah. this is excellent. This is this is uh, absolute yeah. new ground for the podcast. This toothpaste on my cheek. Oh, you. Are you sure it's toothpaste? <laughs> 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 Right. Oh, the amount of listeners we've it's lost in the last five minutes of this. The amount of listeners we have lost. We could have played Guess Who, but we said we followed Tom and like like through the keyhole in Tom's eyes. <laughs> 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 Beautiful stuff. Well, I tell you what, then on that on that bombshell, I think we'll we'll, uh, we'll have to say good night to everybody because time's getting on. It's been a pleasure talking to you all, uh, especially you, Tom. Uh, where can people <laughs> find you on the internet, and, and what address can people find you on the Johnny street? Johnny needs to know. Apparently, yeah. Just, um, we're all sat here, ready and primed. It, well, in anticipation of the uh, the hate mail I'm about to receive, I'm about to delete all forms of social media, <laughs> never to be seen again. Wisely so. Where can people find you? Come on, let let give them uh, give them give them the juicy gossip. Right, come and come and swear at me and tell me whether I was brushing my teeth or, as Chris says, urinating at down the money road. <laughs> Johnny, what about yourself? 
Uh, uh, yeah, I said it last week. I'll say it every week until somebody kills me. You can find me at Johnny Eckersley on Twitter. Let's have an argument. Let's have it. Why not? And Tom, uh, Tom, Daniel, whatever your name is. As always, it is at Mabroski. Mabroski? Oh, is, it, is it Mabroski or Mabroski? I wasn't sure whether it was a, a Polish slant or not. Do you really I, care? I change, it. I change it intermittently. But it's Mabroski. I do like Mabroski, but Mabroski. Yeah, you, they both go. It's fine. Yeah, well, I'll be the judge of that. Right, nice one there. And I'm at 90, Manning 83. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, it's been fun. I've had a good time. Hope it's you all have different. as well. It's been a bit <laughs> unusual. It's, it's taken us to some dark and, and, and some interesting places that are not entirely unpleasant as well. Uh, Tom, you're making more noises. I think I'm too scared to ask what they are. So I think yeah, I wouldn't there. if I were you, mate. The, uh, well, he... the, the dwarves <laughs> and the hookers are here now. <laughs> Oh, a topical and subject to Bruges as well about the hookers and the uh, the racist dwarves. So yeah, excellent in Bruges, get it watched. Uh, right, we'll be back on Sunday when there isn't no, a we game won't. We won't. to talk about. Oh, no, we're not. No, we're going to do it after the game because. All oh, right, okay. That's that's my editorial decision in this regard. Anyway, fair enough. Well, why, why don't we leave it till Tuesday then, and we can maybe yeah, talk. About, we'll talk about the game. That's probably quite sensible. Uh, from you there that's why we employ that's why we pay you the big bucks good man right so uh, look after yourselves we'll be back next week at some point enjoy your week look after yourselves and don't forget to let those dwarves and the hookies in good night everyone (laughs) 